Hey, Alan, if you wanted to scare the kid, you could have pulled a gun on him, you know? Yeah, I know. Kids. You want to have one of those? I don't want that kid. But a breed of child, Dr. Grant, could be intriguing. I mean, what's so wrong with kids? Uh, Hallie, look, they're noisy, they're messy, they're expensive. Cheap, chief. They smell? They do not smell. Some of them smell. Oh, give me a break. Babies smell. Psychologically tall. I'm talking about ethics. You you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox and now sell it. You're gonna sell it. Well, the same. <laughs> I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. They'll soon be back and in greater numbers. Any friend of Olive's is a friend of our daughter's. I am really close on this one. Really, really close. Let's watch my favorite part again. Shall we? Hello, I'm Daniel. And I'm Amanda. And you're listening to Scenes from a Marriage, a podcast 65 million years in the making. When did we start this? Two years ago? Something like that. Wow. Pandemic project. Yeah, we probably could have cranked out more, but I think we're doing pretty good. Well, we do 65 million years between episodes. (laughs) There we go. That's accurate. But this is a major one, and it's not just because we're going to be talking about six different movies. And not only because those movies are about enormous creatures. We've done episodes about a greater number of movies than this, like our Oscar episodes. And we've done shows about larger monsters. Like like Godzilla. Exactly. But this particular episode is a big deal because it's about the ultimate Daniel movie. Mm -hmm. I think as soon as we started this podcast, it was more or less certain that we were going to get around to talking about this film. And uh, eagle-eared listeners will have picked up a quote from Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Ian Malcolm during the theme song. If we're discussing movies that defined our respective childhoods or influenced our tastes in a very significant way, for me, look no further than Jurassic Park. There it is. Welcome to Jurassic Park. We've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. How'd you do this? Becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents. You feel that? Hold on to your butts. A Steven Spielberg film. Senses are failing all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! Down! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. In this episode, we'll be discussing the 1993 original Jurassic Park, and we will also rank all the Jurassic movies, that's <laughs> including the, the world movies that come have come out in so yes years. everyone daniel did watch all of the world movies yeah that's your disbelief <laughs> <laughs> i know i shared on facebook that i was relieved that i was not going to be watching jurassic world dominion <laughs> at least in theaters but uh then i kind of and i i have to i have to cop to this i can't say that you talked me into it actually i yeah no i definitely didn't it was it was like just something that you're like we have to do this <laughs> 
Yeah, I had to, I had to take I had to take it on as my responsibility as a as It's a project. It's not you didn't want to. Well, well, okay, let, I mean, look, I think most of our friends associate me with this film. Yeah. And then when something comes up about Jurassic Park, if mm-hmm. it's news or if there's a meme or something, they, they they oh, what does Daniel think about? We'll send this to him, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I felt like, you know, it was incumbent upon me to just digest this entire series and you had to do your research. Yep. Uh, so thanks for doing it with me. No problem. It was horrible. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It wasn't. Well, maybe a few of the movies, but we'll get into that. We will. So I'm going to throw this out there right at the start. We are going to be spoiling this movies. Uh, I don't see how we can really get into the series and talk about how it all connects and how it fits together if we don't do that. So I recommend if you just really don't want to know anything about these and how or what happens in them that I would say, you know, don't listen to this until you have caught or, yourself up to where you want to be. Or just like don't watch uh, Jurassic World Dominion and your life will be just fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. Yeah. And uh, well. there's going to be no surprise for me to say the the Spielberg film, the original is a modern classic. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. Don't listen to this. Go watch that movie. Yeah. It's on HBO Max yep. mm-hmm. right now. It's also on 4K and Blu-ray. And also, DVD. but like how have you not watched it if you're listening right now? Anyway, that there's that. Right. Which is honestly, we may as well just jump in there. So yeah. because, you know, I, and look, I, obviously there's a thing where little boys especially really love dinosaurs, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and these movies all have children in them. Uh, so in some, in some way, even though it's a PG-13 movie about creatures with teeth eating people, it kind of is pitched towards young boys, uh, at least on some level, right? I mean, okay, I, I think it's, yeah. a, I think Jurassic Park is a four quadrant blockbuster. I think it's something in it for everybody. Mm-hmm. But the, the, you know, the people who it really made a big impression on were like the people who were, <laughs> like you. yeah. And so I wanted to start by kind of asking you, cause you'd seen the movie before. Yeah. Uh, before I kind of get into it, whatever my soapbox might be, what is your history with this movie and with this series? I mean, obviously it's nothing like yours. I don't remember how old I was when I first saw it. I Yeah, I, I really don't. But I mean, I remember enjoying it. Like, I mean, actually, I think watching Jurassic Park influenced my like love of Jeeps, like Jeep Wranglers. Interesting. Yeah, because, you know, there's there the, are a lot of Jeeps the classic the Jeep Wrangler, um, you know, in the first one. And I... You mean the, the, the Jeep that Dr. Harding drives around? Because the cars that are on the track are Explorers, Ford Explorers. Yeah, no, the Jeep, like, you know, the one with the logo on it, dress, the, it's like red and... Oh, yeah, know. and when they see the, the dinosaurs for the first time, they're in that Jeep. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. that one. Because, um, I mean, I had a red Jeep Wrangler when I was a freshman in college. Yeah, in college. And um, I, I mean, if I was really into Jurassic Park even more, I probably would have wanted, like, <laughs> one like that. But anyway, I think that's where my love of Jeeps came from. Well, that's interesting. I had yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, and my dad drove Jeep, but I just I yeah. really loved them. So, what's a cool connection that we've already been able to make? Yeah, I didn't I'm even excited really to see where think this conversation it. is going to go. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed it. I just don't remember how old I was, but 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 you were. What, I have fond what, memories. Pre middle school. I mean, yeah, or? probably. Yeah, for sure, I would have to be. Okay. De- definitely was before high school. Yeah. Yeah. So before we jump in, I'll just I'll do the our due diligence. So this is. Uh, Steven Spielberg from 1993 directs uh, Jurassic Park. It stars Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. 
as a uh, some professionals who are uh, leaned upon by the park's creator, John Hammond, played by Richard Attenborough, to come and check out this uh, island where he has created a theme park or is creating a theme park uh, that will feature real live dinosaurs alive on the planet for the first time in, you know, uh, remembering in remembered history, uh, having been brought back to life via cloning, genetic cloning and genetic mutations. And so they, uh, they go to the island and of course things go wrong. Hijinks ensue. People get eaten by dinosaurs, by dinosaurs, (laughs) uh, super easy, high concept to explain and a movie that obviously made an incredibly huge splash when it came out. Uh, and, uh, so I think, again, I think most our, most of our listeners will likely be f- quite familiar with it. Every boy of a certain age had to see this movie. It I, was not an option. I would be curious to know at what age most boys saw this movie. If we had any like interaction on our social media, that'd be a good question. A good poll question. Yeah. Maybe I should post this, uh, when the either before or after the episode comes out, yeah, what, what age did you see this for the first time? Because mm-hmm. obviously, everybody I mean, girls has... or boys. <laughs> Speaking of, how old were you when you first saw it? And and describe your experience if you remember it. I do. I was seven years old. Okay. And my mom thought that I was too young to go see it. So, so who did you scared. see it with? Your dad? My dad and okay. my uncle. Okay. So we. I remember we were at my uncle's in. Roanoke, Virginia. Okay. And we went to the cinema to see it. And honestly, I don't know that I necessarily remember that much about that particular showing. I do remember that I spilled soda and I was embarrassed. I could have spilled soda on the ground. That's so cute. But was it a Coke? I'm sure it probably was. I don't know know for sure. I don't know. But uh, I didn't have any nightmares about it. I just thought it was really cool. There's giant dinosaurs and, you know. Uh, so I think that, and, and to be fair, I mean, dad really liked it too. And I think that I responded a lot, uh, at that age to things that he thought were fun and cool, maybe not Star Trek, but other things. Uh, like this <laughs> Wait, so was this your first in the theater movie? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Really? No. Oh. It was my first, I think PG-13 movie, okay. mm-hmm. but I'd seen, you know, probably like Disney and other stuff in the theater before this. Okay. Okay. But th- this is your favorite movie, correct? Yeah, you know, I have I have said that for so long that I don't even know I don't even know what it would be like. I don't know what my life would be like not having this as my favorite movie. Wow. It's kind of like a, a it, there's a north star kind of quality to it mm-hmm. that it orients in some way how I think about film. Like I think this is such a such a well-done like action adventure sci-fi it's got a horror aspect. It's got, uh, you know, uh, so many things that I have grown to really like about, about movies. Cause, and if you think about like monster movies, you know, uh, any of those things where, you know, something is chasing somebody like that kind of primal thing. Like, I think this is probably, probably the best version of that yeah. that we have ever gotten and may ever get. I don't know. I mean, I hopefully, you know, I, don't I mean, know, it but. definitely has that suspense factor. And then as you go on with the rest of the movies in this like franchise or whatever, it's like the suspense is not really there. So maybe it's like the initial, like this is the first one, but. Yeah, there's definitely something to it being the first, you know, when you think of, because this was a watershed moment in special effects. And that's what a lot of people have really responded to. Thinking about that question of it's my favorite movie. And I say that 
obviously I have no idea what it would be like to come to this older. Yeah. Like if I had come to this, um, you know, as a teenager or as a young adult, I think I would still really like it. I don't know that it would be number one. And because I think about especially like, okay, you think about people who like Steven Spielberg, you think about his career. It's like, okay, he's done Raiders of the Lost Ark Mm -hmm. and E.T. and Jaws. And, you know, I think a lot of critics, for example, would say, you know, this is not as good as Jaws. They might, and it, that it's like a, a version of Jaws, but with dinosaurs, but that's not as like, you know. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I think this is better than Jaws because, I mean, and like you've said before, it's kind of like there's something for everybody. It's like, and it's not just like on the water, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this, because here's, here's a criticism that, that uh, has been levied against the film, mm-hmm. which is that, and it's really, really funny, I think, to watch all of these world movies mm-hmm. and then come back and think that this criticism was levied at the original Jurassic Park. Okay. People said, you know, that the the dinosaurs were more realistic than the characters. They thought the human characters were thin. So my, In the my, first movie? In the first movie. So my question to you is, and I'm, I'll throw this to you because you have said many times on this podcast mm-hmm. that you, one of the things that you care about in movies and TV is like drama and interpersonal relationships. Right. Uh, what did you think of the human characters and whatever drama occurs between them in this film. In the first one? Yeah. Did you care about them? Does it was interesting to you? I, I did care about them. I mean, cause I feel like they got you really connected to the kids more than any other one. And as like, as you go on, I feel like the characters are thin, like especially in, um, what is it? Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic park three. Yeah. Jurassic park three. That was just like, I, I have zero feelings towards these characters. I don't know. Like I, I feel like I connect with the kids and obviously Jeffy, just kidding. But really. Do you think you would have cared about the kids more if they had uh, stopped and randomly said their parents are getting divorced? No. (laughs) Jurassic World. (laughs) No, that was weird. So we we will get to that. Uh, Did, now we did a. A recreation of a scene from this film in the cold open, and we, which was set the stage a little bit for the conflict or maybe the, just the character dynamic between uh, the two main characters here, Dr. Alan Grant, played by Sam Neill, and Ellie Sattler, played by Laura Dern, where, you know, he is set up as not being interested in children and having a family, whereas she obviously is much more open to the idea. Did you find that dynamic compelling? And did you, uh, or, you know, the kind of the arc of Dr. Grant of going from someone who dislikes kids to someone who maybe is more open to that? Yeah, I, I like that. I, cause I thought it was funny that he was the one they got stuck with the kids. And I mean, they, they have a lot of, um, I think we kind of talked about this like while we were watching the movies, but, um, they have some, humorous scenes in there. There's like some lighthearted scenes after what the scary dinosaur T-Rex scenes. But I love how, <laughs> you know, when they're choosing the different uh, cars to go into that <laughs> the kids or the young boy is trying to go in the car with Dr. Grant. And I don't know, it's just, I, I liked that dynamic. I thought it was funny. And then also just like seeing how he was taking care of them and yeah, and I like Ellie and uh, or Sattler and Grant are likable characters, and I think they start that out from the beginning, um, just like showing how much they are into this. And then, you know, when she sees the 
what I'm going to be, I'm going to screw up these dinosaur names. The, what is it? When she sees the sick one. Oh, the Triceratops. Yeah. Wow. I shouldn't know that. But anyway, it just, it makes you feel like, oh, like they care. And then when they see the dinosaurs for the first time, I just love their reaction. And so I don't know, like things like that. It just, it helps you to be like, oh, I like these people. So Mm -hmm. So there's a couple of things you mentioned in there that I want to, to talk about. Uh, first is just the performances, because I think this is a, I think this is frankly an underrated cast. Oh, people say, well, how good the characters were in Jaws with uh, Roy Scheider and with Richard Dreyfuss and Robert Shaw in that movie, that they were really, you know, well-developed characters and likable characters. But I think the the characters in Jurassic Park are, again, I think they're likable, and I think the char- the actors do a really good job bringing them to the screen mm-hmm. and giving them different energy. You know, obviously, Goldblum is a standout. I do love, I do love his character, yeah. But I was, I, I will say, because I've seen this movie a lot of times, <laughs> and I was impressed, especially with Laura Dern's performance this time around. Uh, you, you notice different things when you go back to these movies after mm-hmm. a, a certain time. I really noticed her performance, and I, I loved how naturalistic it was. I felt like she she never gives a hint that she's playing in a like run and scream style monster movie. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. And they don't really give her that role either. She's not a damsel in distress at all. Um, she is a a professional in her field who is just you know is is strong in that way without being like performative about it, mm-hmm. and. She's giving, and this is partial credit to both Spielberg as director and to David Kep and Michael Crichton, who wrote the screenplay. Well, Crichton wrote the book and Kep wrote the screenplay. She's giving a performance in this that I feel like would be at home in like a Woody Allen movie or a, a Robert Altman movie. Like it just, it's very kind of just down to earth and they allow her to, and the other characters as well, to kind of give tossed off lines that... You know, they're not mugging for the camera for jokes. Like they, they're almost whispering some of them. Like that one we talked about, uh, Hammond says, our attractions will drive kids out of their minds. And, uh, and Grant says, what are those? And she says, small versions of adults, honey. Yeah, that was, that, she's good. But it's, just, but it's, it's, a, it's a confidence in the performers and in the screenplay that they're allowing those things to kind of just like slip under the radar and be part of a tapestry. Mm-hmm. That's something that Spielberg's always been good at. Mm-hmm. He allows people to do overlapping conversations. It, it occurs multiple times in this film and to do it in longer takes and so that you get more kind of a full performance from yeah. an actor. That's the kind of thing that once he leaves this, the helm of this series, we're not going to see very much again. Yeah. It, I mean, they make it feel like it's real life. Like it's not, yeah. Like they're not acting for us. So <laughs> there she goes again. <laughs> and, well, and speaking of characters, I was going to ask you what character in this film do you think you could relate to the most? If you possibly could. It's funny because I think that's something that also changes a little bit mm-hmm. as you get older. And when I was younger, I think I thought that the arc for Grant was, okay, he's coming to like, he doesn't like kids and he's going to have to interact with kids. <laughs> well, that was a little bit ad hoc. Like, okay, you've got a monster movie. You've got to give your character something to do. So you give him this arc, right? Mm-hmm. But that, you know, possibly because of the phase of life that I'm in where I'm going to say, You're going to have father, a kid very soon. Yes. That spoke to me more this time around. Yeah. And... I think I thought that that interlude where they're in the tree was really sweet Mm -hmm. when, you know, they, you know, he tells them, 
I'll stay awake all night in case the dinosaurs come back. Now, he's mm-hmm. probably not really going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but they believe him and he's he's just giving them this confidence uh, and acting as this protector. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think I relate to I think I relate to that. I think I found that um, that part of the story to be more um, impactful on oh, this viewing. That's fun. Just thinking about the fact that I've watched this film over and over and over the course of like 30 years. It's almost 30 years old now. Yeah. Wow. The movies don't change, we do, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things you mentioned also was suspense sequences. And obviously this film is known for, especially for a couple of big set pieces, one of which when the Tyrannosaurus escapes and terrorizes the folks in the cars. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another famous one is the raptors in the kitchen. Almost mm-hmm. everybody knows. You don't have to say anything else. Just say raptors in the kitchen. Yep. They know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Was there a particular sequence in this that you thought was the most effective or scary or thrilling? Um, I mean, I'm trying to think which one between um, the two. Well, I mean, obviously the raptor scene is very scary if you can you know, think about putting yourself in their shoes. But the T-Rex scene was so good, like, especially because, <laughs> like, watching the, what is it, like, the the lawyer guy, they went to the bathroom, yeah, yeah, Gennaro. and then he got, <laughs> he got eaten. I mean, it was suspenseful, but then it was also funny that that ha- happened. Um, but, but then I, I, like, have a picture in my mind of, um, of Laura Dern when, wait, when she's going to turn off power or what is it she's turning the power back on she's like restarting the um the breakers yeah and then (laughs) the one scene that that i feel like it gets me every time is when um his hand what's his face (sighs) arnold yeah his hand is on her shoulder and she's like oh and then she pulls out and it's just his arm um and that i don't know that got me because then there are the raptors chasing after her right that's another good sequence when she's and she's like limping and yeah so that i don't know that one's a good one it is i mean i think that's probably the most the single most effective jump scare in the movie is when that raptor's face comes out behind the yes <laughs> yes so i think some people would think would say this is almost like a gateway horror movie for people who don't really like scary movies. It's perfect or, for me. <laughs> or that, you know, if they're too young, again, because again, mm-hmm. like I say, it's pitched a little bit younger, uh, if they're too young to watch something like Poltergeist or, you know, but they can handle a couple of dinosaurs jumping out. Yeah. Like, I mean, I don't remember being afraid of this movie when I was, the first time I saw it, which I don't remember how young I was. I probably wasn't, I, would, I wouldn't have been as young as you though, because yeah. you're older than me. Because how many years has it been since you first watched it? Let's see. Like 20? No, 29. 29 years. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> what am I putting your age out there? Just kidding. <laughs> but. Uh, Readers can do the math. They can do the math. I mean. I, Readers, listen to me. I feel like I'm. <laughs> listeners. <laughs> listeners can do the math. <laughs> I mean, at what age would you let our daughter watch it? That's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. And I think it depends on the child. I don't think there's one age, you know, mm-hmm. probably depends on their maturity level and what other things they seem like they can handle. I mean, you know, it would be a little bit hypocritical for me to say, well, I watched it at seven, but you have to wait until you're 10 or something. Yeah. But I mean, think about, you know, our nephews would. I know they seem so young. seven and nine. I mean, yeah. do you think they could handle it? Have they seen it? I don't even I know. I don't know. 
I think they've seen a lot of things. We'll have to ask Rebecca. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, it is hard to look at John Luke, for example, mm-hmm. and think, oh, yeah, he, she should, he should watch this movie. But I don't know. Maybe he could handle it. I feel like he could handle it. Because, well, again, my experience was, and I'll bet a lot of young boys would have the same experience, that it's more about like excitement and like kind of adventure versus something that would be considered scary. But again, every kid is different. Some are more sensitive and some might, you know, be, uh, you know, have the, the, the dreaded nightmares. Yeah. But like dinosaurs aren't scary. Well, that's what I think. I, think that's <laughs> I was going to say dinosaurs aren't scary think. because yeah. they're not real. But then I'm afraid of movies where things aren't real. <laughs> like <laughs> clowns that are turned into spiders or whatever. Well, listen, I don't want to get anywhere near a clown that turns into a spider or anything else that turns into a spider for that matter. That's very true. Well, I mean, I think so. I mean, that, again, I, I, I see I saw arachnophobia too young mm-hmm. and that scarred me. How old were you when you saw that? I don't remember. OK, that uh, that to me is another that's another kind of like comedic uh, PG-13, like, quote unquote, horror movie mm-hmm. that I thought was a lot scarier than something like Jurassic Park. I can't remember that movie, but I mean, spiders don't really scare me, so. So there you go. Hmm. What do you think the theme or message of this movie is? What, did you, what do you think we're supposed to take away from it, if anything? You can't control dinosaurs. <laughs> right, so don't try. Everyone out there, if you're listening, you're, try, you're thinking about, maybe I could control a dinosaur. Don't. I mean, I haven't really thought about it because I'm not really good at thinking of themes. I just like sit and enjoy a movie. But I mean. Okay, well, think about this. There is a there is at least one character in the movie who is explicitly stating certain themes. What, Ellie or Ian Malcolm? Yeah. Yeah. What did he say? I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) You tell me what you think the theme is, Daniel. Well, if you recall in the much lauded dinner scene, they're all sitting around and Mm -hmm. giving their ideas about the park. And. Uh. You know, Hammond is trying to say, well, look at what I've accomplished. Mm -hmm. And the other characters as well, but Malcolm especially, is trying to tell him why this is a bad idea and why it's not going to work out. And and, and he repeats a version of this argument throughout the series. But He does, yeah. You know, in in the book, he's kind of the mouthpiece, I think, of Michael Crichton, the writer of the novel, who maybe is suspicious of certain scientific things being used for nefarious purposes although that's really that's kind of the crux of every sci-fi movie isn't it is mm. that there you know there's a there's a thing that we're gonna well and really that's that's the basis of speculative sci-fi is saying here's what we see in the world around us here's the things that are happening if we extrapolate that out what are the possibilities and what are the dangers and i think that's one of the great things about jurassic park is the fact that it really is a science fiction movie and it seems at least plausible from the jump. It's like if you think about things that were happening in the early 90s with, you know, and the advances in, in you know, cloning and all yeah, this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, okay, so I look at that and I, I say, have as someone who does not know anything about cloning, yeah, maybe it could be possible. Like it just, it just seems just, just close enough to possible, like that it could have. And he's saying, you know, you, you don't take responsibility for this power. You didn't earn it. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. You, you know, the, in, invariably, what chaos theory, right? There's going to be, uh, there's going to be contingencies that you haven't thought of, and they're going to introduce chaos into the, and it's going to, it's all going to go 
wrong. I think a lot of people would characterize this as, you know, quote unquote, don't play God. But like, how could you not expect dinosaurs to want to eat people? Like you can't, but I mean, it is a movie. So you got to have someone who doesn't think about these things. I suppose. I guess what I'm kind of asking, and this is just, I'm just kind of thinking out loud here is does do does the movie itself does the coming whatever place it's coming from does it share Malcolm's sentiment does it think he's right that bringing dinosaurs back to life was a terrible idea I mean they kind of show you in the movie that it is Mm -hmm. you know when the raptors are loose and trying to eat people but then (laughs) but then we get to world uh Jurassic World Dominion and then it's like Dinosaurs can coexist with animals <laughs> that you don't see much. Is that Miss DNA? Yeah, actually, I just kind of—I don't know why that just happened. Dinosaurs. And now we can coexist with dinosaurs. <laughs> hey, I have a question for you. What's that? Because so I don't know if you guys know this, but Daniel likes to um, speak in quotes. Uh, very often in, you know, day-to-day life. I don't think anyone's ever heard me do this. Never. Um, And a lot of times I have to say, is that you or what are you quoting? Like literally several times a day. So my question for you is, what would you say are your top three Jurassic Park quotes that you allow to slip into like everyday (laughs) talk with your wife mostly? But You know, I almost think if if you knew what they all were, you could probably answer this better than I could because I'm not as aware of them. But, no, I probably should. I but mean, it's probably it's probably not the big ones. It's probably like small tossed off things. There's you so know, many of them. Because I'm not saying, you know, I'm not talking to you about condors being on the verge of extinction every day. But I probably <laughs> am saying things like, I'm totally unappreciated in my time, which Nedry says in the control room. I don't even remember. See, I think it's when you do your Jeff Goldblum uh, or your Ian Malcolm voice. And when you've, I mean, you, you did the, his whole, um, what, remember when you the, quoted the monologue. It? his monologue when yeah. we were in Hawaii, he like did the whole thing. <laughs> this is, this is for Samantha Siddham. Samantha, if you're listening to this. You better be. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the number one quote. <laughs> it's not even a quote. It's just, it's just Jeff Goldblum laughing. Uh, here's what I could say to you. Uh, okay. I refuse to believe that you aren't familiar with the concept of attraction. <laughs> That's a good one. I probably should have thought of the quotes that you normally do. I'll, I'll think of them after this, I'm sure. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a ton. Cause I basically have memorized the script. So you have, you really have, you know, I mean, I could, I could do the Dr. Grant, uh, monologue of trying to scare the kid about the Raptor. Right. I could do, mm-hmm. you, you do know, that I, one I actually a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, I say try to imagine yourself in the Cretaceous period, right? You know, you keep still and the whole thing. But I'm not going to waste everybody's time. Yeah, yeah, because they can go watch the movie, right? Go watch the movie, exactly. Yeah, watch the movie, okay. I think it's going to be instructive, actually, and I think it's going to be glad that we did this, that we did watch all these other movies. Because as we talk about them, I think we're going to see some of the reasons why Jurassic Park is so great. I think some of the what's missing from these other movies throws it into relief because you can see, oh, this did some things that not only are these other movies not capable of doing, mm-hmm. they didn't even try to do it. Mm-hmm. This was such a, such a watershed moment in special effects mm-hmm. because originally they were going to do this largely with stop motion and puppetry. 
Oh, I did not know that. And through various, uh, you know, uh, happenings, they, you know, uh, people were working on the type of computer graphics that were going to enable them to actually, you know, do realistic dinosaur movement on screen. And so what you end up with is, and this has been much remarked, a combination of robotics, animatronics, and, you know, computer graphics that, you know, uh, at that time kind of revolutionized what people thought was possible. It influenced George Lucas because he was like, oh, it, you know, I, I think I can do the Star Wars prequels because computer graphics have com- progressed to a point where all these things are possible. Mm-hmm. And having just watched this and all these other movies that came out as, most re- as recently as this year, how did you feel about the the special effects in Jurassic Park? Did any of them look dated to you? Did uh, What was your experience with that? No, because I, I feel like when I watch movies with large um, monsters, I'm like, I can quickly tell, oh, this looks fake. But I, I don't remember thinking that once watching it, well, for the first time probably, but every time after that, and even watching it now, I wasn't like, oh, that's, you know. But then it's like... Watching the other ones, I'm like, they're making it seem like it's too real, that it almost seems fake. Does that make sense? Maybe, but uh, can you can you elaborate on that? I don't know. It's just, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know if you said like it was because of the lighting or what, but maybe it is, or maybe just like, oh, there's large dinosaurs. Oh, it's detailed, but like, I'm not scared of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what you're kind of describing is context in a way mm-hmm. that... And I think that's one of the things that we're going to kind of discover, which is that uh, an effect is only as good as the scene that it's in. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever realized that before being married to you. What you're seeing, for example, let's take that take that T-Rex scene, you know, mm-hmm. the big centerpiece where in the rain and it, it attacks the cars. Yeah. It's the filmmaking that makes that scene so arresting, mm-hmm. not just how realistic the Tyrannosaurus looks. Yeah. Now, it does look realistic, mm-hmm. and it's a really canny combination of a big physical robot that they built mm-hmm. and effects, CG effects shots. Uh, and those are combined in a way that's really, that's really clever and that you know, uh, allows you to take the tactile qualities of that physical object that you saw and map that mentally onto the other effects. And this is something that has actually been done to some success, even in the later movies. And we'll talk about that when we get to Jurassic World Dominion. Mm -hmm. But the way that Spielberg frames the shots, the way that they are cut together, the way the um, music and sound effects are used, all of that has a huge impact on, you know, delivering the emotional impact of that scene to you as a viewer. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have a filmmaker capable of using those tools to that effect then that's all they are is tools. Mm-hmm. And then all the best CG in the, you know, the best effects that the industry can buy are, you know, they are not effective because they haven't been wielded by someone who, you know, by a master essentially. Yeah. And I think even on his worst day, Steven Spielberg is, a, you know, I didn't, it's not, is a master filmmaker. There's a reason that he's a household name. Uh, and you know, even if he's doing something that he maybe doesn't believe in as much as something like Schindler's List or you know that close to his heart, he's doing movie making at a very high level. Yeah, I mean, and you can tell in the first movie, there's something to say about the buildup of that suspense, and it's lost that 
throughout all the movies, especially when you get to the third one. Maybe yeah. we should start talking about the movies now. <laughs> okay, well, we can. And I think, you know, there's an argument to be made, and I will make it, that the, this, <laughs> this movie sh- should never have had a sequel. Yeah, no. Even I, one. And I, No, I'll, I agree. I and, agree. And I like at least one of the sequels we're going to talk about, but it just doesn't... Because there can never be that buildup again. No. Mm-mm. Right? You can never have that awestruck moment of seeing dinosaurs for the first time because mm-hmm. you've already seen them. Yeah, I already And this them. has been a problem throughout the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we can talk about the But rest I wanted to see bigger and better ones. You want to see better. <laughs> Let's give this a rating. Okay. And I'm curious because I want to know what your enjoyment is. I think my cards are pretty much on the table here. But what would you give Jurassic Park out of, let's, what, out of five, what, like raptor claws? What do you want to get? What do you want to do? What do you do, raptor claws? Or... Um, Mosquitoes and amber. Barbasol. Barbasol cans. Shaving cans. Sure. You know what? That pops up again. We can do that. All right. So out of five Barbasol shaving cans, what would you give at Jurassic Park? I'm going to say there's a, it's a very hairy beard because I would give it five Barbasol cans. All right. <laughs> I mean, this is such a good movie. It's just like in the nostalgia of it. And you know, when you watch an old movie and you wonder if it's going to live up to its name, like watching Space Jam <laughs> later on. And I'm like, I just had like really fond memories. Like, oh, this is so good. Watched it again. Sorely disappointed. But this one watching again, I'm just like, this is so good. Like, I just love it. So I think I'll, I'll give it five. It's exciting to hear. I know some of our listeners may be appalled that we just described Jurassic Park and Space Jam as old movies, quote, but I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're certainly older. And, uh, well, so I'm, again, anyway, I'm gratified that you enjoyed it that much. Cause I, I know mean, I made you come back and watch these. Well, yeah. I didn't make you. You didn't, but also there's probably something to the fact that my husband loves this movie and it influences my love for it, uh, as well. So, you know, but that's going to be the first time so far that a movie we've covered, we've both given it five out of that's, five. Cause I'm going to obviously give it the full ranking, the full ranking. Yes. Yep. Uh, as, as much shaving cream as you can fit in there. And as many embryos. As many embryos. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. So as I mentioned, obviously, uh, watch this movie if you haven't. Uh, if you haven't seen it, invite yourself over to my house. I'll show it to you. On our big screen. <laughs> yeah. So we, we are going to, we're not going to cover the rest of the series in depth. But we are going to take a look quickly at uh, each of them. And we're going to give a, a ranking of the series. So just to kind of frame this, mm-hmm. let me just start out by... Um, by kind of giving the the timeline mm-hmm. of these movies, and okay. then we'll go through. So, uh, four years after Jurassic Park, there was a sequel, 1997, The Lost World: Colon Jurassic Park, also directed by Spielberg and based on another Crichton novel. He did write a book after this to follow up Jurassic Park. Oh, so wait, um, I didn't re- wait. There were books. I didn't realize that. Did you read the book? Hmm? You did. Yeah, I've, I've read both of these. What What would you rank the book? Uh, that's hard to, that's hard to say. I'm not as good with book rankings. But you like the movie better than the book, right? Yeah. I mean, yes, but it's not really fair. I, I've read the book once and I've okay. seen the movie, you know, tens of times. Yeah. Okay. But I Sorry, mean, I was just curious. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's not like, it's not like it's a, a world shaking novel, but it, it was a, it was a pretty good book if I remember. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the second one was pretty good too. And there's some things in the, in the second book that, um, uh, I liked and I think would have been good to see in one of the films but oh but they left it out some of them some of them 
anyway, so so 97 is The Lost World Jurassic Park, also directed by Spielberg. This one stars Jeff Goldblum returning as Ian Malcolm. It also stars Julian Moore, Vince Vaughn, Pete Possilwaite, and a handful of others where they discover uh, that there is a site B, is La Sorna, where dinosaurs were originally bred, and they have to go back there, and then that culminates in uh, the T-Rex coming to San Diego and having a rampage in oh, yeah. mm-hmm. the city. So that's uh second one. Then w- in 2001, Jurassic Park 3 came out. This one was the first one not directed by Spielberg. It was directed instead by Joe Johnston. Uh, it starred Sam Neill returning as Dr. Oh, yeah, Grant. Uh, and then after that, I'm not even going to do the plot. We can talk about when we get there. Yeah. But there was a, then a, uh, a, a long hiatus. Um, wow, at- there was. Huh. until the Jurassic series was revived in 2015 as kind of a soft reboot, sort of like kind of ignores the other two sequels and mm-hmm. kind of is like a, a sequel to Jurassic Park. Um, this was directed by Colin Trevorrow and picks up a totally new cast. Chris Pratt stars as Owen Grady, Bryce Dallas Howard as Claire Deering. Um, this movie has Jake Johnston, oh, yeah, Jake Johnson, Johnson. Uh-huh. Ty Simpkins, Nick Robinson, Vincent mm-hmm. D'Onofrio, and B.D. Wong actually is the only returning cast member who returns as uh, as Dr. Wu. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. The first movie. Um, Jurassic World was followed in 2018 by Jurassic World colon Fallen Kingdom, directed by J.A. Bayona. And then this year, Jurassic World Dominion, again, Colin Trevorrow at the head. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I've, I've, in my notes, I've said, well, the, <laughs> for the cast, I put everyone. <laughs> literally. literally because everyone. all the main cast from the world movies are back and all the main cast from the from Jurassic Park is back. And literally everyone in the movie fit into the helicopter at the end of the movie. <laughs> it, they sure did. <laughs> all of them. Taking dinosaurs off this island is the worst idea in the history of bad ideas. Let's get this movable beast underway. Don't move! What is it? Mommy's very angry. All right, so let, let's go into this. So, uh, Amanda, I'll, I'll give you first kind of grab at this because obviously I have a lot to say, but okay. uh, we have we watched The Lost World uh, to follow up, so what are your thoughts on that one? Um, I like that one, obviously, because Jeff Goldblum is like one of my favorite actors. He might be like my favorite actor. Um, uh-huh. He's because he's so. I mean, because uh-huh. uh, you're his doppelganger. Uh, no, because he's a very interesting person, and I just love him. He's great, uh, and his character is fun. I don't know. It was cool that they brought him back, and I like the trailer scene, uh, even though it could be unbelievable. Uh, but yeah, I, I, like I agree that there shouldn't have been a sequel, but I do think that this one was you know, kind of fun. I'm going to forget a lot of things in these movies, by the okay. way. So I kind of gave the, the plot synopsis for this one, but this, you know, the big kind of set pieces here are the, there's now two T-Rexes who destroy the trailer. And then you've got that mm-hmm. whole sequence where they're hanging off the edge of the cliff. And then a couple other sequences of note here, um, where Peter Stormare's character gets eaten by Cumpies. There is the Cumpies uh, is the short There's dinosaurs. Yeah. Okay. Um, which are also this one also has the the cold open where uh, the family is vacationing on the island <laughs> yeah, and the little yeah. girl goes and sees some dinosaurs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. They do the smash cut from the mother's scream to right. to Jeff standing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raptors in the in the long grass. That scene is in. This oh, that one. was a good one. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like I said, of course, the, uh, the, fina- the finale where the Tyrannosaurus is loose in the city. But that was a, a kind of a different take, bringing that dinosaur back to the States. Mm-hmm. So actually, yeah, I, I liked that at the end. And maybe that's why I was like, oh, well, that's, that's cool. You know, that this is sure. a sequel and it's not just all on the island. I, I will think? defend this movie a lot mm-hmm. because it has a lot of detractors. Um, and it's certainly not one of Spielberg's great movies. It, it is certainly, the script is not as strong as the first movie, despite the fact that it's going off the Crichton novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little bit more unwieldy and the characters can be a little bit unlikable. I find Julian Moore and Vince Vaughn kind of, kind of irritating, honestly. Yeah, I didn't really. It. I didn't like, especially when they got the. Even though like, I like Pete Postlewaite as Roland Tembo, the hunter. Yeah, when they got the the baby T Rex, I was just like, ah, uh, like this stresses me out. So I mean, at least they were able to, you know, elicit those feelings from me. Yeah. Feeling stressed out, but I was like, ah, they're stupid. I think there's a there's a problem where they suddenly, everybody suddenly kind of switches from, like including including John Hammond suddenly becomes interested so much more in the dinosaurs well-being versus oh, yeah. like that's something that any, any he even calls it out in the script uh Goldblum says you've so you've gone from capitalist to naturalist in just 4 years <laughs> and i think the ethos of that movie follows it uh you know because you've got them all trying to kind of rescue the dinos from this other team that's coming in from Ingen mm-hmm. and that to me is not really the like, I don't know, I guess what I want from like a monster movie, mm-hmm. but this thing gives us monster movie and it goes, it goes dark. Mm-hmm. It goes more violent. It goes like, and, it, and it's got that, it's got that riveting suspense sequence in the middle of it, uh, which is the trailer scene. Oh, the trailer scene. Yeah. That's the last time in this series we see something of that quality. Honestly, mm-hmm. the other thing is, and I, here's what I don't get. People really, really drag that end sequence with the T-Rex in San Diego. Yeah. And I do not understand why. I think it's so much fun. Yeah, it is fun and it's different. And I like that they lead him back to, I mean, and like the initial, when they, when the ship hits the the dock. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's exciting because everyone's like, what's going to happen? And then he comes out of the holding. So it's just exciting. And there's, there's even, uh, there's a, kind of a wit about it like that that scene that sequence is playful mm-hmm. like the whole thing with the the t-rex drinking the pool water and eating the dog in the backyard oh yeah and then the family and the little boy like come into his parents room yeah i forgot about that see so and i mean they have and even again just image making that 76 gas station ball rolling down the road right by the uh the car you know all of the carnage that that happens there but it's done in like kind of pithy controlled sequences where I don't know that that there's just a there is um there's a playfulness and a fun and a and a visual sensibility in that sequence that again you're not going to see much of again after this no and so I I think and maybe this is just me being a little kid and thinking what if dinosaurs ran around the city wouldn't that be fun I thought it was fun I didn't realize that people didn't like that yeah hmm. now I'm not going to sit here and defend the gymnastics sequence gymnastics yeah where she does oh, the gymnastics okay and kicks no I no that was that was stupid yeah the little girl. I'm not going to defend that. What I am going to defend, though, well, you know what? I'm wait, I'll wait till, I'll wait on that. But anyway, I think this is a good movie. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I it's, agree. Uh, dinosaurs are coming back. Jeff Goldblum's back. So I, I, you know, I dig this one. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to say about that one? No, I liked it. 
Okay. All right. So then we move on to Jurassic Park 3, again, uh, 2001. It could almost be paradise. My God, I'd forgotten. We have a landing strip up here. You ahead. cannot Jim. land on this island. Oh, my God. But in this forbidden place where man has tampered with nature. This is how you make dinosaurs? This is how you play God. Something unexpected has evolved. They can talk to each other. To a degree we never imagined. I'll just give you the, the bare, bare outline of this is that uh, there is a kid who's parasailing next to Isla Sorna, which is the same, move, same island from the previous movie. Mm-hmm. Disappears, crash lands, uh, and... Uh, William H. Macy and Tay Leone are a divorced couple, the parents of the kid. They convince Dr. Alan Grant, played again by Sam Neill, to return to the island to help them rescue their uh, their son. He's accompanied by Billy, played by um, Alessandro Nivola, uh, there's a, and there's a couple of the characters. And so it's basically a rescue mission back to um, Isla Sorna, and we have the Spinosaurus now appearing as a new dinosaur, <laughs> uh, the first of our series of bigger and badder. Okay, I was going to say, when did it start? Okay, the third yeah. movie. Gotcha. So what did you think about Jurassic Park 3? Had you seen this before? I don't think I've seen it before. I really feel like this was my first time seeing it, which is kind of surprising. I don't know. Well, maybe not because um, it sucked. I didn't like it. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, it was not great. Uh, mostly, like, I remember when they crashed the plane Mm-hmm. And or like when they when they landed on the island and it was just like oh there's a big dinosaur and it like because you know how I was talking about in the first one they kind of built the suspense this one they didn't it was just like bam like all these things and it didn't feel real like you were saying about the lighting like it just there were no effects that made it feel scary um, I didn't like the characters they were annoying. The mom and dad were so annoying. They're very annoying. <sighs> and the her name is Amanda. Her Amanda name is Kirby. Amanda. And the son's name was Eric, right? That's right. And then there was also Billy. There was. <laughs> a lot uh, of family names there. A lot of family names. And then also the fact that the boy survived. What? How long was he there? Was it weeks? I think it was something like eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, not believable to me. I didn't. I mean, obviously a lot of things in these movies aren't believable. But the fact that he was able to survive and then also rescue Dr. Grant from uh the raptors. Remember that scene? With the kid? Yeah. Oh, what what he- with the, with the smoke. Oh, that's right. That's right. It just I was like uh, there's no way that this kid is going to rescue I don't know. I was just like it's not believable. The yeah. only scene that I liked from this whole movie was the pterodactyl scene because that was kind of scary and it was new and it was fresh. So that was the only thing. Yeah, I think that's the thing that's remembered most fondly by most people is the, the pterodactyls. Mm-hmm. There was a pterodactyl incident in the first book, I believe. Okay. And they just didn't have, I don't know, they didn't have room for it in the, in the script for the other two. So they brought it back here. and That's what they were waiting on for yeah, the sequels. <laughs> that was kind of the hook, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, fine. That seems okay. But like, and I, you know, I saw this when it came out in 2001. Mm-hmm. I remember I saw it in the theater. Wow. I remember not liking it at the time mm-hmm. and I was, I didn't know cause I hadn't, and I haven't seen it since this whole, this rewatch was the first time I'd seen it since then. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, and 
I kind of thought, well, maybe this was just me being like a fanboy of the Tyrannosaurus Rex from the first movie Mm -hmm. and like being upset that they killed the Tyrannosaurus Rex with the Spinosaurus. I thought maybe I was just mad about that. Well, you know, I'll tell you what else I was mad about, and I'm mad about it still. Tell me. Is that they, um, so uh, Laura Dern comes back in a small part as Ellie Sattler, Mm -hmm. and she and Grant aren't together. She's married some other guy. uh, And I felt like that was. Well, first of all, it was just annoying because it's like we liked those characters. We liked them. Together. Yeah, I wanted we them to be together. Be together. Mm-hmm. You feel that way? Yeah, yeah. Even though they didn't like show a ton of affection in the first one, but like we don't, we don't need to see all that. But like, yeah, it, it's upsetting that they didn't put them together. And it's upsetting to me in part because what what we already talked about in terms of Alan's arc in the first movie, where he becomes, you know, at the end you see him with the kids and the, and she's in the helicopter and they're kind of this like. A, Family, family image, family, yeah. you know, and so the fact that they kind of just undid all that and just ignored all that, yeah, I thought that was disrespectful, frankly, to the mm-hmm. first to the first film. And that was because of the director, right? I mean, like, why? why yeah, well, I read I read a quote from Joe Johnson that he was saying he didn't see those characters together, uh, and that's one of the reasons why they didn't end up there. But this movie was plagued with production problems, mm-hmm. and they, in fact. They uh, they had a couple different scripts. One of them was scrapped five weeks before shooting started. What? And the, they had already spent the studio had already spent I think eighteen million dollars on like props and you know locations and all this stuff. And so they couldn't back out. And they had a you know they had a uh, an opening day for the movie. So they basically had to go forward. They were like writing pages on the days that they were shooting. Well, that makes sense. Which, you know, it totally makes sense when you see the movie and you're like, yeah. okay, why is there, why is this a like kind of manically paced 90 minute movie mm-hmm. that has, seems to have terrible lines? Because this was the shortest movie out of all of them, right? It was. Okay. Which I think actually that's something that a lot of people think is is good. I don't mind it being 90 minutes. Right. The problem is that it feels like you feel the loss of those other minutes because everything's just like so crammed together. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, so this, I think you really see it. And so when I I watched it again, and I was just like, this is terrible. Yeah. Like, it's so much, it was just as bad as I remember it being. Uh, Yeah, it it makes me think, okay, I was was onto something when I was younger when I saw this, but uh, (laughs) I was kind of hoping that maybe I was wrong about it, Uh and it was going to be more enjoyable than I thought, Mm -hmm. but man, it was not. No, it was not. It was just... Don't even watch this one. If you haven't seen it, don't even worry about it. Just... Scratch that off your list. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't enumerate the things that are wrong with this. I think Macy and Leonier's poor casting. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my gosh, it's really missing the Spielberg touch in those action sequences. Do we have anything else to say about this one besides it's horrible? I mean, I, I could go on and on, but I just don't really have time. Let's go on to the next one. All right. So uh, this rather poor showing for this film. Uh, I think basically, I think it was so bad that it basically killed the franchise for 14 years. <laughs> I wonder how many Rotten Tomatoes it got. Do you know? I, I don't. I want to say, I think... I'll, I'll look it up. I later. really think people are un, are unnecessarily kind to it. There's a lot of people that think it's better than The Lost World. I don't understand that. Wow. It got 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Which probably makes it, if I'm just guessing, only the second or third worst reviewed movie in the franchise but yeah because is world dominion the first maybe i mean dominion's like i was at like 30 percent last time i looked mm-hmm. goodness 
While you're looking at that, I'll give us a, a jump into Jurassic World. We have learned more in the past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. A whole new frontier has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. We just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. Almost 40 feet high. Really think she climbed out. Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab. So in 2015, we brought back the Jurassic series with Jurassic World, uh, directed by Colin Trevorrow. And this one, this one features a, a fully functional Jurassic theme park. Mm -hmm. uh, somehow we didn't learn the lessons from the first one and the second one. And uh, the park's been created. It focuses on uh, Claire Deering, who is a like kind of executive within the organization. And uh, also um, Chris Pratt plays Owen Grady, who is like a, a ex-Marine um, or ex-Navy guy. And he's a raptor trainer. He has trained up some some dinosaurs <laughs> from their egg stage. Uh, and he's, <laughs> he getting, he's able to get some of the raptors to kind of uh, do things on command. Uh, one of them he's especially close to, uh, a raptor, velociraptor named Blue. Blue. Uh, that he calls Blue. Also, there are, so Claire's two nephews uh, are going to visit her in the park for the day. And so, of course, uh, as when they're there, they, uh, is when things start to go wrong. There's a new dinosaur that has been genetically created. It's called the Indominus Rex that has been um, you know, genetically modified from bits of other dinosaurs. And it can do all sorts of things like camouflage the T-signature and yada, yada, yada. It's mm -hmm. like another bigger, badder, more teeth type of dinosaur, which it invariably, uh, due to human error, escapes and causes a breakdown of the park. Mm-hmm, yep. So uh, I don't know if you're looking up something you wanted to share. Oh, I was going to, I was, did you want to, I want to have you guess what percentage of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, how about guess how many Jurassic Park got? I think it was recently. I think it's like 92%. Oh man, you looked it up. Okay, you're right, 92. And then the Lost World. I really don't know about this one. I, I want to say maybe something Take in like guess. the 60s, maybe like 63%. It's 53, close. Oh, okay, I was close. And then... uh Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Maybe like 48. Whoa, 47. That was very close. Um, and Dominion uh, was 30%. You're okay. right. Yeah. What was Jurassic Park 3? Did you look that up? Oh, wait. I did. Didn't I say 43? Oh, did you say that? Okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was that. I thought you said Fallen Kingdom was... Oh, no. Okay. Okay. See, see, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes, that makes kind of sense. Okay. Yeah. For, so I'm sorry. 49%. What? 49%. That's surprising. Okay. I think people were pretty forgiving of the movie because it had dinosaurs in it. Yeah. But all the movies have dinosaurs. Which in really it. describes everything we're going to talk about. You know, the <laughs> fact that Jurassic World made $2 billion at the box office. But Amanda, what did you think of Jurassic World? You know, I liked it and I think I like it because it's, uh, because it was the first of its kind in that suit. Like, it's obviously not first, like, Jurassic Park. But I like that they took the, like, theme park. Uh, okay. Well, Jurassic Park was a theme park. But they made it... Um, but we didn't get to see its day-by-day -day type of... Right. 
because operation with Jurassic Park, that was it was like, oh, they were going to open it up to be a theme park, but then they never did that. But here we get to see what it looks like with people actually in there. And I like how they did that. Like I like when the boys were in the hamster ball, well, hamster ball thing. That was kind of cool. Um, and I mean, I, I didn't like Bryce Dallas Howard, her character. She was just, uh, just why not? <laughs> she's not believable. She's just, I mean, well, okay. And we've talked about this because she was running in heels. <laughs> So that is a that is a thing that has been much maligned about this film. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as as a woman, does this bother you, and why? Yes, because well, I mean, I'm a woman who does not frequently wear heels, for the sole fact that they are uncomfortable. <laughs> and <Soul fact. laughs> that was a good one. Thanks for that catch. Uh, and because they hurt, yeah, they're uncomfortable and they're hard to walk in. I'm like a baby giraffe walking in them. So, like, how can she run in those? No. Did you find her portrayal on the whole to be like sexist or anything like that? I mean, I'm just curious because some people have said that this is, you know, I don't know, really leans into like traditional gender roles like Chris Pratt kind of uh, protecting her or whatever. Well, and kind of really being kind of rude to her throughout. And yet the kids see him as, you know, kind of more like we want to stick with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I didn't like also didn't like how she was like untied or like undid her blouse and like tied. I was like, I'm ready. Like, okay, that's stupid. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And then her being all like business oriented, I just, her character kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I know they wanted us to, you know, be like, oh, she's not interested in her nephews because work and that's how, you know, they get away. And so she can't be with them. But yeah, it's just, it didn't impress me. Okay. But you did like the movie on the whole. I did. I did like it. Yeah. And I mean, I like Chris Pratt. I mean, I don't see him as like a superhero. I think we tried to recast him with your cinephile uh, movie cards. Yeah. We? we. I think we tried to recast all of them. But I mean, I like I like him as an actor. And but it's just he's kind of bland. Um but very much so. And so is Bryce, honestly. Yeah, they but they both are. So maybe if we had different actors for those roles, it would be even better. I think it would be. But I did like I did like the movie. I I liked that. Uh, <laughs> but my favorite scene was you know what my favorite scene is? What was it? Wait, do I know? Yeah, I talked about it a little bit. Hang on, hang on. Has to do with a pterodactyl. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> so this is another. This I know this is funny. One of the things that people hate about this is the the heels thing. Another yeah. thing is the um, extraordinarily detailed and violent death of Zara, <laughs> the assistant, played by Katie McGrath, which was your favorite scene. That's my favorite scene. It's just I just loved how violent. I don't know. I'm so weird, <laughs> but I love that she's just standing there, and the pterodactyl like picks her up out of everybody. Of course, because they yeah. want us to feel like a little bit of something, but not really because we didn't really connect with that character. And then that dinosaur, like whale dinosaur in the water mm-hmm. came up and got her. And it was just really funny to me and kind of satisfying. I don't know. Even though it's like we don't want her to get eaten, but like I didn't care about her. So yeah, yeah. it's kind of callous, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, it was different. It's no, like, it whoa. Was, no, no, listen, I don't, I don't necessarily. Uh, I think this highlights a problem 
with the film though mm-hmm. is not that 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 scene exists, but that the the tone is an issue. <laughs> yeah, like I don't think they nail whether what exactly we're supposed to feel about mm-hmm. that scene. Like, is it supposed to be like cool and awesome? Mm-hmm. Is it supposed? Are we supposed to feel bad for that character? Right. Are we supposed to be? Uh, are we supposed to feel that she deserved it because she was just? But she didn't really do anything she, to deserve yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, I think that's an, that's an issue with, again, with the movie on at large. Yeah, I think they just wanted us. I think they just wanted us to feel a little bit more excitement. Mm-hmm. And I did because I, I did. I was like, what? I'm not the biggest fan of the recent version of Chris Pratt mm-hmm. in the sense that I think there is not necessarily a problem with him. I think he's ever since like Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm he's being asked to play roles that don't really play to his strengths as a comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now that he's in shape and he's handsome, it's like, he's okay, no well, longer now, now you get Andy, to play Andy Dwyer. But you know, I don't necessarily think, and I will say, sure, I would have liked somebody else other than Chris Pratt in this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it being a recast would have significantly helped the movie because I don't think his character is written in a way that, you know, now granted, do I think some other actors might have brought more nuance to that role? Absolutely. But I think the the failure of those main characters is primarily a function of the script, mm-hmm. uh, which by uh, by Trevorrow and his writing partner, uh, Connolly. This was also written by um, a couple other people, Amanda Silver, um, I can't remember everybody. But um, so, I, you know, I don't think that would have solved it necessarily. Okay. Yeah. So maybe if they had a better script then. That really, to me, is is the big problem. Yeah. And then just, well, and then just, I don't think Trevorrow is, well, I don't think it's a stretch to say he's not half the director that Spielberg is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he's able to control the tone, as we already mentioned, which is one of the director's main jobs, uh, or to get more nuanced performances out of his actors. Um, so I, I think the the movie does not have the kind of you know visual wit or memorable images that some of the other movies have with him at the helm. Mm-hmm. Did you like this movie? You know what? I, I liked it more the second time. That's good. Yeah. I saw this in the theater and I hated it. Oh, really? I really hated it. And that's, that's what ignited your uh, hate for all the worlds. Yeah. I, I wanted to walk out of it. I was so offended wow. that they had Chris Pratt mm. doing this stupid thing where he holds out his hand. Oh yeah. 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 And this only gets worse throughout it, these it movies. Does. Because really uh, here's the th- and, and there's a there's a critic uh, for IndieWire who said something I think he said it about the second one maybe but it, it it echoed my sentiments pretty clearly which was I didn't spend my childhood looking under my bed for Velociraptors only to be told that they're basically like dogs like the, yeah I think having bringing Blue into this series as like kind of a sympathetic character despite the fact that you know okay she's still dangerous and everything mm-hmm. but like I think that's completely completely wrongheaded move mm-hmm. and I think seeing the series move in that direction and kind of which again started with Jurassic Park 3 because those raptors oh yeah we didn't talk about yeah yeah oh that scene where they just put the egg down oh that was uh, that was a fundamental mishandling of what an under, misunderstanding of what made the raptors scary they're like oh they're so intelligent okay yeah they're supposed to be intelligent we're supposed to make them more dangerous because they can you know uh, you more yeah they can hunt in packs and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. but then when you make them so intelligent that you can communicate with them and therefore try to dictate what they do mm-hmm. i think that takes away from those creatures mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, because there was that guy that wanted to use them for um, the military right. stuff. Oh, that I didn't like that part. I mean, I, I enjoyed this movie, but I didn't like that. I was like, why do you keep pushing this? Like, It's incredibly stupid. It is. I'm just like, okay. And there, I have a long list of really, really stupid things that I think Jurassic World is up to. And Do you want to... Say I can't say them all right now, okay? Because I won't be able to. You know, I won't be able to do it. But let me let me tell you what what I liked about it. Okay. Because uh, coming back to it this time, I was able. I knew what I was in for, and I was able to. Uh, uh, well, maybe just in the intervening years, my anger has cooled, okay. and I'm I'm able to see this just for the mediocre modern blockbuster that it is. That's kind of my thoughts about it. Uh, there were moments in this, there were scenes that worked. Mm -hmm. There were some exciting points. There's some exciting parts to it. Uh, it appears to be a movie, which is not something I can say about Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> I think this movie benefited greatly from us watching it right after Jurassic Park 3. Oh, yeah, for Because sure. compared to that movie, it is competent. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm going to say. All right. All right, here's... Here, I'm going to quickly fire through these. You tell me uh, if I'm wrong about any of these. These are some things that I think uh, Jurassic World does poorly. Okay. I've already talked about the pterodactyl scene, so I won't go back to that. Uh, and we know what? We've already talked about Chris Pratt, uh, so I'm not going to talk about him either. Okay. The two boys suddenly having a tearful exchange about their parents' impending divorce, which is never brought up again. Stupid. If you're going to do that, start it at the beginning. Yeah. There's a, you, you get a, a family scene with them at the beginning. Uh, why don't you set up that their parents are separating? Yeah, it doesn't, it's not believable. And then make up, because that, that's a reasonable dynamic for this movie to have. Yeah. Which is that the older one figures out how to connect with his more sensitive younger brother over their parents' divorce, become like his more, like his protector and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a, a, a dynamic that could work, but they didn't put the effort yep. into it. It takes more than just one little scene. Correct. Yeah. All right. Second thing. Um, do you still have those matches? The kids jump into oh. a uh, a river. They're soaking wet. And then he pulls out the matches and the matches work. Right. Of course. Yeah. Okay. I mean, doesn't everybody's matches work like that? Perfect. Mm -hmm. The gyro ball. The hamster wheel? The hamster ball. Okay. Absolutely the single dumbest thing in any of these movies have ever done. <laughs> and I, reportedly, this was Spielberg's idea. So uh -huh. it is actually kind of his fault. Mm -hmm. But... Oh, I can't even go into the reasons why this is so stupid. Why I thought it was fun to watch. Okay. I mean, the the part you've that, got you've okay. got a fully functional okay, theme yeah, park. Yeah. With they said thousands, tens of thousands of visitors every day. Mm -hmm. All right. You're gonna put people, two kids. Yeah. Probably two. neither one of them has a driver's license. Mm -hmm. Into this ball run by an equally clueless kid, like a theme park ride. Right. Yeah. The ball is then gonna go into an open area with. With dinosaurs in it. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. I'm going to say it like, like him every time. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be uh, no controls over it when there's no fail safe. So that if you say there's nobody can push a button and bring this thing back to, to base camp and override their controls. They're just going to go, uh, you know, in it. Uh, they don't think about that. Like yeah, the, that doesn't make any sense. And especially if you're running a, a dinosaur theme park uh, and you're like, oh, everything's safe. Yeah, clearly. They did not think too deeply into that. Yeah. Um, this movie um, tries to lampshade the fact that it is a 
you know, corporatizing everything. It's got that line. It's like, oh, it's like, you know, the dinosaur brought to you by Pepsi or Doritos or whatever. Mm -hmm. Fine. But it's kind of basically the movie version of the same thing. Um, We're 22 years after the original and the effects still don't look as good. No. Like, how is that possible? I I don't know. I know they're technically, we have more power in our Mm -hmm. computers. But again, like look at the, the, the scene where there's the running dinosaurs, like the Gallimimus, mm-hmm. like that scene, those dinosaurs don't look as real as mm-hmm. the first one. I don't know why. No. Um, and then so much of this is just taking pieces from the original and rejigging them around. Mm-hmm. Like the whole finale uh, moment of this where the character is surrounded by the raptors yeah. and then suddenly, you know, something happens to... Like, and then they have a T-Rex battle with the raptor. Like, all of that stuff is, like, just taking pieces from Jurassic Park, but then it doesn't add up to nearly as much as it did in that film. It's like, yeah. oh, we're going to have a flare because somebody in that film had a flare. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, like, it seems like it is, uh, it's just, it's just, like, a poor imitation in many ways of that first movie. Yeah. I mean, it was. So last thing. Okay. They badly misuse John Williams' musical motifs. Like, uh, you know, the... Because there's a famous score from that first film, right? Mm-hmm. The da 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 yeah, majestic and a little bit sensitive, and then like they just play it over like a scene of the kids walking into the hotel room for some reason. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even realize that. It's like they just don't know what to do with the score. Mm. Such a good one. <sighs> you know, and, and this is this is again this is the best of these three movies. It is the most competent. It is the best of the and three and functions movies. most like an actual like big exciting movie and so if you didn't care about those other things maybe if you've never even seen the original Jurassic Park a lot of these things wouldn't bother you mm-hmm. some of them wouldn't bother you the dumb things would still bother you but the, the, the callbacks and stuff wouldn't make a difference so you'd be like well you know what that was kind of a fun exciting movie that I saw and you probably wouldn't think too much about it after that wow well I see why you hated it after all this yeah I I, I posted a lot of these things on uh, on Letterboxd and I got a comment that said uh that they thought I put more thought into it than the people who made it. So <laughs> I agree with that person. Yeah, I agree. True. Maybe you should make oh. the next movie. Just kidding. No. All right, let's go on to the next one. Thank Jurassic we World Fallen Kingdom. There. All right, yeah, we, okay. we'll spend less time on these because there's, there's, yeah, less, let's, there's let's, less to say. Yeah. All right, so this is Jurassic World colon Fallen Kingdom. I know why we're here. A rescue op. Save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Blue is alive. You raised her. (laughs) Do these animals deserve the same protections given to other species? Or should they just be left to die? Colin Trevorrow still wrote it with Derek Connolly, but he turned the directing over to J.A. Bayona, a Spanish filmmaker who I quite like, who made some movies like The Orphanage, which was a great haunted house movie in 2007, uh, I didn't see it and The Impossible, which we saw, which was the tsunami movie with Oh, Nicole I love that one. That was so good. Nicole Kidman, no, Naomi Watts. Yeah. And uh, that was really Peter good. McGregor. Yeah, yeah. So he directed both those movies, which I, I think are pretty good. I don't mm-hmm. love The Impossible, but it was well directed. I liked it. And this one concerns uh, are the same characters, Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard is now a dino activist. Uh, we find out that um, the, the island um, where the park was, uh, is there's an active volcano and it's going to blow up and destroy all the dinosaurs. And so a wealthy guy who apparently has some ties to John Hammond wants, to, wants them to go in and get the dinosaurs species off the island so that they can, you know, rescue them basically. Yeah. 
Uh, and so that's the first half of the movie, them trying to do that. The second half takes place in a mansion in Northern California where the dinosaurs are basically being sold on the black market. And we have the appearance of Maisie, uh, a young girl played by Isabella Sermon. So what did you think of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom? I wasn't impressed. Um, well, I mean, mostly because I said, or I didn't like the, what's her name? Bryce's character. And I was like, yeah, how does she go from being a businesswoman all into this? Like, oh, let's say the dinosaurs. Not believable. Like, yeah. And then her going back to Chris Pratt. I don't know. It's just, I wasn't, I wasn't there for it. And then the volcano on the island. There's like that one, the one scene where they were in the hamster. I'm going to keep calling it a hamster ball. Um, Go right ahead. And they, and they rolled off the cliff into the water. I mean, that was like a, a cool looking scene with the dinosaurs running after them. But then I was like, eh, whatever. Um, but yeah, the whole thing about the mansion and then also the little girl being a clone. Weird. They kind of just throw that in there. Yeah, it's like, okay, let's just do that. How did you feel about the other activist characters played by Justice Smith and Daniela Pineda? Oh, I hated them. They didn't The hacker have, and nope. the girl who's like the vet. We didn't need them. It was like, why are they even here? No. They, they, those characters, throwaway characters, they just need to floof them up, put them in there. We may have to talk about this when we do, after we do our ranking, but we can rank who are the most annoying characters in this whole series. <sighs> and whether it's uh, <laughs> Amanda Kirby or Justice Smith screaming at the top of his lungs in this one. Wait, is that, was that the boy? The hacker guy, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, he was, oh. But anyway, I was, I was not a huge fan of it. Yeah, what'd you think? I... So after Jurassic World, my expectations were incredibly low. Mm -hmm. I know there are some people who think this one is kind of crazy enough to be fun mm. because it goes in a really une unexpected direction. I think it could be if it were not so brain dead. <laughs> yeah. The, the script is even worse than the last one. Mm -hmm. J.A. Bayona is a better director than Colin Trevorrow. And this is the best looking of the three world movies. There's, it started out really promising for me. I liked that first scene where they're diving down for the Indominus bone. Oh yeah, that was and cool. And then when the T-Rex comes after that guy and he's lit only by like mm -hmm. lightning strikes, I'm like, oh, we're going to actually get some like interesting visuals in this one. Mm -hmm. um, and we do get a few interesting visuals. However, I think unfortunately, most of that competent image making by this talented director is in service of a fundamentally just dumb story. And there's so many, there's even more dumb things in this one than the last one. Yeah. Like the, I mean, there's a whole scene where they do, they have to go get T-Rex blood for a dying, to save a dying <laughs> raptor. Yeah. Uh, That's really, that was great. And then- Also the, part, the auction. The auction scene. Yeah. Oh, the scene where a tranquilized Chris Pratt has to like move himself oh my gosh, away I from the lava about flow. That, one. that was yeah. That what? Okay. Uh, the scene where the um, Indoraptor, which is our third, oh, with the laser incarnate. Oh, the laser. This okay. This actually <laughs> might be the dumbest single thing in the series. Yes. Where they've they've built uh, a, a new dinosaur that can be controlled by humans, and here's what they do: they they have a they have somebody with a laser sight directs that laser sight to someone and then 
triggers an audio cue that causes the dinosaur to attack that person. If you are in a position where you can target someone with a laser sight, just shoot them with a rifle. It's so much better than so much easier than having a dinosaur that you have to care for. But like also the dinosaur is just going to go for anybody anyway, right? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, the, the fact that they, they jump onto the boat in that car and like nobody think nobody cares that they're there. Nobody oh, knows yeah. that they're there. Yeah. Like you didn't just see a Jeep jump into the back of your open Okay. So again, I placed this almost entirely at the feet of the the writers that I think they just did not land this one. Uh, again, I think it, there's there was potential for some interesting stuff with them creeping around that mansion, and I don't think it materializes. I'm not unfortunately willing to give it the the uh, what some other people are going to give it, which they say, oh, it's like a it's a gothic horror movie in the last half. And I'm like, well, if it wasn't a supremely silly one, then maybe I would care, but I don't. Yeah, like some of the scenes where the was it the Indoraptor that was going after them. Um, mm-hmm. When it was dark and everything, like, oh, that could have been cool. But it was like, I don't know. This when it is... reaches into the kid's bed like Freddy Krueger yes! with a little claw. Weird. I don't know. It just didn't do anything for me. The, the, um, the anthropomorphization of these dinosaurs I don't think is helping. Like the fact that the blue then becomes like this, again, like a kind hero. of avenging creature that has to come in. and uh, Yeah, know. blue keeps saving them. But like I do like that Chris Pratt's character is like, oh, like we like – they are dinosaurs. They're going to do what they want to do. Like he kept saying that, but then it's like, but you still put your hand out and you do all these things. Right. Like in retrospect, as much as I hate that whole bit with him training the raptors and putting the hand out, like I could kind of understand how in Jurassic world that would be possible. Like if he's grown up with the animal mm-hmm. and, it, and it's smart enough to, you know, okay, we, we train carnivores and stuff all the time, lion tamers, that kind of thing. So I get that on some level it makes sense, but it really gets taken to, it really gets taken to extremes. Speaking of that's extremes, the problem with this. Everything gets taken to extremes. Let's go. Speaking of extremes, let's go on to the last movie, shall we? Is there anything else you want to add for the second one? I don't really feel like we need to. No, I think my size are telling the story. So yeah. All right. All right so let's the go last on to one, the extreme last one. Okay. The last one, which they have carefully titled Jurassic World: No Colon Dominion. <laughs> Humans and dinosaurs can't coexist. We created an ecological disaster. Ellie Sattler. Alan Grant. You didn't come out all this way just to catch up now, did you? You coming or what? Because we can't even get the standardized titles that came out earlier this year. Colin Trevorrow is back in the director's chair. And notably... Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum, the original leads of Jurassic Park, have returned as legacy characters alongside our new characters. Plus, we have DeWanda Wise as an uh, aircraft pilot and uh, Campbell Scott as Lewis Dodson. Oh, yeah, Dodson. Dodson, who was in the scene in the first <laughs> we Jurassic got Dodson Park for here. two minutes, is now the CEO of Biosyn, an evil corporation that, that creates locusts. That creates locusts. Mm-hmm. Locusts that eat all crops not made by Biosyn, mm-hmm. which is uh, thought by Ellie Sattler to be on the verge of a ecological disaster. Genius idea for a movie. Genius. I, it's, it, there's so many plot threads in this. I don't even know how to summarize it. 
she has to get the gang back together. She gets Sam Neill back together to help mm-hmm. her. And then Malcolm is for some reason like inside this organization as a, apparently preaching against them on the reg, but yet they just keep him on the payroll for some reason. Yeah. And then he is like a whistleblower, but so is this other guy, Ramsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ramsey. And they get them in there and that's the whole thing. And then, oh, well, but here's, here's, here's the kicker, right? Uh, at the end of Fallen Kingdom. Okay, yeah. The animals that were in the mansion mm-hmm. were released by the clone girl <laughs> yeah, clone into girl. mainland United States. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, dinosaurs that couldn't have been more than maybe 20 or 30 animals. Right? Yeah, because they, they only brought 11 species off the, off the island. Maybe they made it and then they just kept. So by this time, there are what looks to be hundreds, if not thousands of dinosaurs yes. all over the world, not all just in the United the States. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're, we're dealing with dinosaurs and man put together again. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, maybe we're going to see how that, how that affects everyone in the world. And then also someone's after the clone girl, the clone girl. who is now in the care of Owen and Claire. Mm-hmm. And they have to save her from being experimented on or something. Mm-hmm. That's more or less the plot. They steal the clone girl and Blue's uh, offspring because, oh, yeah. hey, maybe everybody, maybe all the dinosaurs can create offspring from themselves. Because Blue was apparently created with monitor lizard DNA, lizard, and so yeah. she's able to reproduce asexually. Yeah. So maybe all of them were made from lizards, and they, and then they just kept reproducing. But apparently some of them aren't because some of them are like the quote-unquote more accurate dinosaurs that have the oh. feathers and such. <laughs> I don't even get us started. Yeah, the feather one. And there is yet another bigger, badder carnivore in mm-hmm. the, uh, I think it's... Was that the Freddy Krueger one? Giganotosaurus, something like that. No, that, no, no, not that one. The There's another one. There's a bunch of them. Wow, well, yeah. But there was a Freddy Krueger dinosaur that had Krueger claws. That's what I'm yeah. going to call them. Yeah, there was. Yeah. Man, where do we even begin? I mean... So, uh, did you like this movie? Do you think it was... A little bit of a little bit of a step up. I love no, I I I hated it. I actually hated did you really it. Hate it. I really did. It it was uh, there was no storyline to follow, or there were several storylines to Quite follow. Quite a lot, actually. That's, so there, yeah, there wasn't one concise story, uh, and I just felt I felt like yeah, it was chaos. I needed Ian Malcolm to be there to explain this chaos <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, and like I, I couldn't connect with any of the characters, despite bringing all of the same characters back, and I, and like okay, uh, Claire was running away from a uh, raptor, but like she escaped obviously. And it's like how how like you're making she was wearing boots this time. Oh, she was wearing boots that's instead right. of the heels. Oh, you see. okay. Well, that makes sense now. Thank you for cleaning that up. Yeah, it must have been moon boots because they allowed her to jump over buildings <laughs> and right. parkour. Parkour with the raptors. Um, and then there was, there was another scene with the laser. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. they did that again. Um, but yeah, it was, there was just too much. And, and yeah, and they, they didn't, it was just bad. Here, here's something bad. I've, been, I've been waiting to bring up. The transformation of the series into an action series does not serve the characters at all. Mm-mm. If you think about the first movie, these are a bunch of academics. They're not athletes no (laughs) and 
even though some of the stuff is a little silly, it's relatively grounded. Like there's nothing in the first Jurassic Park where I'm like, I don't believe that those people could do that, you know, physically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And by the, that changes a little bit by the second one. I'm like, how are they holding onto the rope for that long and all this stuff? But like at oh, this yeah. point, at this point, they're just doing like they're doing Jason Bourne type stuff. Yeah. And w maybe I can believe it a little bit with Owen if he was like Army or whatever. But for Claire, like how is she jumping over like buildings and stuff like this? Like, and why would they send? Why would they send her off in a parachute to just go on her own in the forest? Yeah. And like, I was like, that didn't make any sense. Wouldn't you want her to be with the rest of them? Like, especially if you knew you're going to survive at the plane crash. Cause you know, you're in a movie. So of course you're going to survive because right. you're one of the main characters. So. Right. Plot armor is very thick. Yeah. Oh, and then, and Owen of course crashes through the ice. Right. And then gets out and doesn't have like hypothermia or yeah. he's just running like he's didn't, you know, he's not, his joints aren't even <laughs> frozen up. Yeah. So did, did it, did it do anything for you to have the original cast back? Was that like something that you enjoyed seeing or? No, not really, honestly, because I I didn't like Laura Dern's character as much this time. It just felt weird. And like when she and um, she and Claire, yeah, they was it those two that went into the locust place? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was just like, okay, like you guys are like trying to kill the locust. Like they, they weren't scary. I don't know. And the whole fact that it was locust, it was just. It was not scary. It it didn't her her character it just seemed not as cool. What about Jeff? Mm, there wasn't a lot of him. It's true. Um I mean, I like seeing him, but it didn't do anything for me, really. Mm -hmm. And I yeah, hate yeah. to say, I hate to say that because I love Jeff Goldblum, but also having um yeah, having them all come together at the same time it just felt overdone and yeah unnecessary so I, yeah. it didn't do anything for me did it do anything for you when jeff gets to say a line i enjoy it mm -hmm. because he's just good at putting it over mm -hmm. and that's that's about it i i kind of feel bad for sam neil getting dragged through another one of these yeah i just think he doesn't really need to be doing it and like his like they don't really, they've never had anything else new to do with his character that yeah. made sense for him. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think Laura Dern, she's fine. Like, again, I like her well, as they, an actress. But they but brought them together in the end here. Which, in a way that was pretty cookie cutter. Yeah. And that, that made me mad. Cause I was like, why don't you just do it before? Yeah. Like it just feels, and then they, and they kiss, they, they didn't kiss in the first one. It no. just felt weird. It did feel weird. And it kind of ruined, like, this movie just ruined their characters from the beginning. Like, from the first movie. I'm like, their characters were solid. And then it's like, it just, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I think at this point, I was so kind of numb to the whole thing that yeah. I, it just nothing bothered me that much. I, I do have a few things I liked about this. And I will say, mm -hmm. um, I think that they made a really, they really made an effort to use animatronic, like, physical dinosaurs. And when they did that, in some cases, I think with Beta, with like little Triceratops, with the Dilophosaurus, there were moments when those things looked really good. I think that's a, that was a, a kind of a throwback to how the first one was made. And now there's still there's still some wild uh, dinosaur action that doesn't look tethered to reality at all. Um, but those moments were good. I think some of the early scenes, seeing pieces of the globe where dinosaurs were now involved 
you know, it's like, oh, what would life be like if, you know, if it was just like modern times, but dinosaurs. And I think, I, I think most, most people wanted more of that. I think that's kind of where we wanted this movie to go. And it, they didn't spend a lot of time on that. When they did, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm here for seeing like the parasaurs running with the horses and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't know, all the, like the espionage plot and all that, uh, I couldn't even really follow some of it. Oh, I like the scene because if we're going to, I think to the point that I can acknowledge where this is now, which is just like really silly. Yeah. I can appreciate some of the stuff that is kind of silly. Like the guy who gets both of his hands eaten by dinosaurs. Oh yeah. And then the other dinosaur eats his head. Uh-huh. That's almost like, you know, what you were talking about from Jurassic World, oh, the part yeah. where, you know, like an outrageous death. We needed more of that. We did. No, almost nobody gets eaten by a dinosaur in this. Yeah, like, I want more people to die and get eaten. <laughs> I don't need to see, I don't need to see Chris Pratt riding his motorcycle away from raptors in Malta and then the raptor falling out of the plane. I, I just know. don't. I didn't like that it was an action. Oh it, I think maybe that's what got me is that it was it felt like more like it's action trying to be movies. bond yeah. with dinosaurs which sounds awesome but is not in practice awesome it doesn't so well after all this i have a question for you go ahead so i know you told me you wouldn't waste your time or money watching this as you've also told everyone else <laughs> however here we found ourselves watching it right yeah was it as bad as you anticipated watching this last movie no, I know you told it me. actually was not as bad oh, as I thought. Okay. Because I kind of said this a little bit before, to the extent that I can put aside my um, kind of rooting interest as a Jurassic Park fan and just say, is this, this is like a big expensive looking modern blockbuster that does things that modern blockbusters do. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Okay. Like it's okay. You might, you I, might have enjoyed this maybe more than I, I wasn't, did. I wasn't dreadfully bored during it, mm-hmm. which I was afraid I was going to be. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to fall asleep during I it. I did. Maybe it was because uh, we watched it late at night. Yeah. And it wasn't as cringy, like as I was afraid it might be. Um, I mean, it wasn't good, but there were, there were things that I enjoyed in it. There were moments that I enjoyed. Okay. So like, will this experience influence you to see other movies you maybe have sworn not to see just on principle? Hmm. Or is this just like, this is Jurassic Park and this is my hard and fast no you know what it was i just after jurassic world after i thought it was so mediocre and after it made so much money i was just like i can't give this this series and these creators any more of my money to make this stuff (laughs) what and you didn't i didn't well (laughs) unless you count 2.99 at Redbox. yeah there you go i definitely didn't give them box office receipts no um you know i mean like i said after the after the anger cools then I can, these are things that are just in the world. And I mean, I don't even know what else I've sworn off, honestly. Yeah, I, I think this is just like the number one thing. I generally don't try to do sequels because they're generally not good. Mm-hmm. Like, Except I, for Toy Story. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of horror franchises out there like that I've never seen a single sequel and don't really ever intend to. I mean, yeah, why Why would you? I haven't watched sequels to, you know, like Psycho or Jaws or Halloween or Friday 13th or any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one is enough. And really, if you treat, if you were to treat Jurassic Park that way, you'd be happy. You would be, yeah. Just, just one great movie that Spielberg made in 93. Just enjoy that movie. Okay, so now I have another question for you that I just thought of. Or will, will we let our daughter watch... Only the first movie and not all the rest of them. What do you think? I, I don't think I can be draconian that way. Like, 
I, I have to get in the headspace that I, I can't force my kids to like exactly the things that I like. And I think if I do that, I'm only going to alienate them. That's true. So I, I don't think, for example, right? Like I would say, hey, you kids need to watch uh, you need to watch the original Star Wars trilogy. Of course. Before you watch the prequels. Right, right. And I won't say you can't watch the prequels. Oh, well, yeah. Even though I think they're much worse. Mm-hmm. But there are people that, you know, now, especially people that are like 10 years younger than us, that are arguing for the prequels. Those people are wrong, but, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not, I have to let them see the errors of their ways. I can't tell them they're wrong. I mean, we can, we're going to influence her to watch the first one, but... I'm not, I don't think that we should be like, these other ones don't exist, but I'm going to be like, I think to the extent that we are in control of like family movie nights, we can control to some extent, like the age and the order in which they see things. Yeah. But I think if, I think if, uh, if my daughter really loved Jurassic Park and wanted to see the other ones, I would tell her that there isn't a third movie, (laughs) (laughs) but no, I wouldn't say you can't watch them because you know, well, yeah, no, not can't, but I, I was just saying like, would you encourage her to watch all of them? I don't think I wouldn't encourage. Okay. I would allow. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. Of course, we can't control that. But I was. No. Again, as as a as a kid, I needed to find out for myself that Jurassic Park three wasn't good. Mm-hmm. I went with my dad to see it at the theater, and we obviously neither of us had seen it, so mm-hmm. we didn't know how what it was going to be like. Yeah. Uh, and we had that experience together. <laughs> that bad experience together. <laughs> I've had a number of those experiences. I drugged my dad to see the happening. Dad, I'm sorry. Um, thanks for going with me, but I'm sorry that we I took you to see the happening. <laughs> you got to have some of those experiences. Yeah. All right. Is it time for our ranking? It is time for the ranking. All right. So if you uh, if you sat through all this. Wow. Uh, we're, yeah. we're rank, all right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to rank from, we'll give both of our lists. We'll rank. Do you want to go from the, from the bottom up six to one or? Sure. If you want to do that. Do you want to go back and forth or do you want me to just read mine and then yours? I don't know. It's more suspenseful if we go back and forth, right? Okay. We can do that. Yeah. So we'll give, we'll give, give your number six. What's your number six? Okay. The bottom uh, one. As everyone probably suspected, Jurassic World Dominion. Okay. Yeah. Cool. My number six is Jurassic Park 3. Wow. Okay. Because, well, I mean. Oh, well, I just think, I think in terms of its just construction, it's absolutely the most of a, it's, it's a disaster. It's just funny that you like swore off this last one and then it's not on your bottom. Anyway. Yeah. Well, again, I, until I rewatched it, I just could not remember how incredibly incompetent Jurassic Park well, yeah. 3 is in every possible way, and it is. Okay, well, my fifth one is Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> okay. And so we're going to swap these. My fifth is, is Dominion. Okay. All right. Makes sense. I think it's even just, I think it's maybe the worst of the three. I, I think if I could rank, if I could tie, put those as a tie for last, I would, honestly. All right. That's a, that's a dishonorable mention. Yeah, both of them. But don't you agree? Tie them for the bottom? No, I, I think Jurassic Park 3 is worse. Oh, wow. I think Jurassic Park Dominion, as much as I don't like it, at least manages to pretend to be like a, a slick blockbuster, whereas Jurassic Park 3 can barely even pretend it's a movie. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think I only bumped it up to fifth because of the pterodactyl scenes. No, that's totally fair. And again, I know people that's think it. this is like their second favorite. What? Oh, I'm so I, I listened to a podcast recently. A guy on the ringer said it was like his second favorite Jurassic movie. And I think that's, in, I think that's insane. Wow. What a crazy. Okay. So four for me is Jurassic world fallen kingdom. Uh, four for me is, is that as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because as much as I think Bayona's direction is better, the movie is just, it's a nightmare of, of, yeah. of terrible plotting and just bad ideas. I didn't enjoy it. 
And then, so three for me is Jurassic World. Uh, oh, oh, I'm actually a little surprised about this. I didn't know where this was, you were going to land on this one. I thought it might end up being your number two. I See, I went back and forth, but I think I, I liked that um, Jeff Goldblum came back for the second one. And I really liked that trailer scene. And there were just some other things in that one that I liked more. Maybe I talked you into it. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, no, I, I don't know. Maybe. You're yeah. your own person. Well, and because of the them coming back in on the ship. I don't know. I just, I liked it. Well, uh, my number three is also Jurassic World. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I think we know the rest of ours. My second one is Lost World Jurassic Park. Yours as well? Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Of course. So then our number one is Which, Jurassic no surprise. Park. Yeah. yeah. The first one is going to be five Because we ranked it five. at five. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, all right. Cool. Well, that's, that's pretty close. I, closer than I thought. I didn't know if maybe uh, we were going to have, we were going to fight about Jurassic World being number two on your list. No, no, no. Wow. So we, we had the last, what? The first four were all the same? Yeah, we just had the bottom two okay. switched. Wow, look at us. Maybe we're becoming more like each other because marriage. Just well, I, without, so just really quickly, by by way of a coda, uh, with you not having the same stakes in this as I did, emotionally speaking, mm-hmm. uh, did you at least enjoy the uh, the project? I did. I really enjoyed it. I'm glad we did it. I, I wasn't sure that you were going to be into it. I mean, actually, you... You kind of came up with it, didn't you? Or maybe I encouraged us to do it. And I felt like if we were going to do it, we had to watch them all. Yeah. So I I guess my completism trumped my elitism. (laughs) I thought it, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. And it makes me look forward to doing more of these like Wes Anderson movies or, you know, maybe other series. If you guys are on board. (laughs) Yeah, we, uh, we'd love to possibly do some more marathons or series. Uh, you mentioned Wes Anderson. I think doing a, a director filmography could be really interesting. Yeah, we might have to break this up because this is probably a long podcast right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, if we were, gonna, if we were actually going to go in depth on those movies, I would need, we need to break them up. Maybe do no more than two okay. or three per episode. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening to us complain about dinosaurs <laughs> or the lack thereof. This complain was, about uh, the last five movies. There are plenty of things that we didn't say. Mm-hmm. So if you still <laughs> want to chat about these, uh, you know, hit us up. Um, uh, we're on Instagram at Scenes from Marriage. And we also have an email address, podcast at scenesfrommarriage.com. Let us know what you thought. If you disagree with our rankings or, um, you know, you want to go to bat for Jurassic Park 3. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> tell, us, tell us what age you watched uh, Jurassic Park or whichever one of these you saw first. We'd be interested to know how that maybe influenced your um, experience of the series. Yeah, maybe we can uh, have a story with like uh, a poll or something about that. Or you can slide into our DMs and, and let us know your ranking. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Amanda, thanks again for doing this. I look forward to seeing you on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) For our next viewing. viewing. (laughs) Uh, You too. It's been fun. All right. Well, until our next movie. We will fly off into the sunset with uh, pterodactyls. (laughs) Oh, no, I I ruined it. I was going to do. Oh, that's right. You know that is Star Wars, right? Dang it. Can you do the thing? <laughs> also John Williams, you know, same 
<laughs> Who am I? Okay. All right. That was embarrassing. Bye. <laughs>